0: Pandemonium Reigns. Pandemonium Reigns Podcast. What is up? 2024 offseason episode number one. Pandemonium Reigns Podcast episode 131. That's right. 130 episodes out to this point. Uh, from the boys here at Pandemonium Reigns, Reigns Podcast. Uh, just want to go ahead and wish you happy Friday. Happy weekend. Uh, I hope that 2024 is treating you great and i just want to talk about uh, some of the drama frankly the 2024 offseason is more like a soap opera than anything really that we can put our finger to over the last several years i mean there's drama every year and it's only it's only went up ticked up since the portal opened since the you know the threat of NIL killing our sport was was dreaded uh, vehemently leading into, I believe what the 2021 off season there in July when NIL became legal, uh, went live, however you want to word that, whatever you want to phrase that. Um, I would say that the sport, it isn't healthy. Uh, you know, it's, it's living a toxic lifestyle, but it ain't dead. And I don't frankly think it's dying, uh, either at any pace, uh, at least even if, you know, no matter the trajectory uh maybe going to hell in a handbasket but uh still bringing in money still drawing in eyes and some of the topics that that i just want to touch on today are much of the reason why you know eyeballs will be glued to televisions why butts will be in seats uh throughout spring well at least spring football games uh you know august 31st i believe is week one uh for the 2024 season so you know Again, butts are going to be in seats. Ticket sales are going to be fine. Obviously, the uh, the home experience for many fans has been much more real and doable than the the in-stadium experience. Speaking from you know, going to plenty of Tennessee games, going to a small handful now of well, really <sighs> games in Bryant Denny Stadium is all I'll say about that. Road games, ever other venues, you know, it's it's just tougher and tougher to get there. Uh, You know, there's many reasons why. That's not what today's episode is about, though. Again, calling this off-season episode one and just going to run with, you know, what's going on in the sport. And I think that has to start with, it it has to start with all things Tuscaloosa, uh, all things Crimson, the subsequent carousel fallout moves at Washington than in Arizona. San Jose State loses their coach to Arizona. You know, I mean, the sport is far reaching, moves trickle all the way down. Uh, there are some that would say that the guy uh, skinny dipping in the aquarium at Bass Pro there in Alabama is is actually the reason that Nick Saban retired. And I can't prove him wrong. I can't prove you wrong if you say that. can't prove you right. Uh, I guess you know, we'll never we'll never really know unless Saban addresses that. Just kidding, of course. But Alabama, I mean, Kalen DeBoer putting a staff together, pulling sitting head coaches from Buffalo, uh, a program that has been on a, a very sharp incline, really, over the past decade. Uh, you know, credit to Danny Watt for identifying Lance Leipold at Buffalo. That was a big, big, big step in their... Uh, process. And now Alabama pulls their head coach onto their staff. That is Monkers. Uh, in more of a, I think this is more of an understandable move. And, and look, DeBoer has worked with these guys that he's pulling in. Um, you know, DeBoer pulls Kane Womack from the South Alabama head coaching gig, uh, gig words, uh, to be his uh, defensive coordinator, or at least his co-defensive coordinator. Now, you know, roles are going to be ironed out dollars are going to be spent on this staff because I think they have to, they absolutely, they have, they can't afford, you know, to have guys with, with no Southeastern ties with, with, you know, that have not recruited the South. And obviously Womack's been in Mobile for a couple of years now. Uh, DeBoer and Womack were Indiana's offensive and defensive coordinators, uh, respectively, for a couple of seasons. They're under uh, Tom Allen, you know what I mean? They've worked together. They are old pals. And now they're in the job of their lives. I mean, whether you want to be the guy that follows the guy or not, you're, <laughs> you're in major roles at the University of Alabama replacing Nick Saban. And, you know, say what you will. Again, I think the only thing that the staff is going to lack at first, and, you know, this could be easily... Easily, you know, we could be looking at this in a year or two and saying nothing about it or, you know, just flat out giving credit to to those guys for their uh, adapt ad, adaptions. Excuse me. Cannot talk today. Too early, I guess. Uh, for how well they've adapted to life in the SEC, how well they recruit. Or, you know, I could see, and this is just wild to think about, you know, let's say the Alabama roster trickles down from, you know, six-star Third stringers and and the 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 shape that it's been in that Georgia's been in Ohio State lives in this territory, Clemson lived there for a while, you know just depth on depth of five stars and four stars that can't see the field because they're buried by other four stars and five stars. Oh, when they hit on a good three star, you're buried behind him. You know, let's say they trickle down into a more oh God, I can't believe I'm gonna say this word average roster where. They're not Avengers, uh, you know, across the field at the, at along the trenches, where they're just massive, massive human beings of sheer size and muscle that you can't move and that you can't you can't block them. They're they're fast at the size they're at. Let's say they trickle down to a more average place. I could see DeBoer and staff with what they've done being a staff that gets plenty out of out of a, a roster like that. Now, the problem might be again. The expectation that Nick Saban has set at Alabama, he has, he's responsible. I would say for, you know, getting more coaches fired than than probably anyone else at this point, uh, at least in college. With as long as the his his run was in Tuscaloosa, uh, he's also been a rehab, you know, program. He 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 will get you fired, and then a couple years later you'll wind up on his staff. You're you're in the coaching rehab program, whether you know it or not, whether you knew you needed it or not. And, you know, he spits you right back out as a head coach or as a prominent coordinator sometimes. Now, the tree is not perfect. I don't think that there's a head coach, even retired head coach uh, in America with any anything near a perfect coaching tree. That's just not realistic. You know, they guys get credit that they didn't deserve. And then guys that do deserve credit, you don't find out about or you don't hear about because they're, you know, they're not. The defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator or maybe even a position coach and they are just instrumental to a team's success again what DeBoer and at least his staff Ryan Grubb certainly included let's not ignore the fact that Nick Saban wanted to hire Ryan Grubb uh, I believe during 2023's offseason leading into last season I wanted I believe he wanted to hire Ryan Grubb uh, and he stayed obviously with with the boys in in purple with the Huskies for the time being, and now finds himself in Tuscaloosa uh, with his old pal, Kalen DeBoer, that he's been with. You know, you have to like the consistency there. The, that's That offensive brain trust staying together. Some of the the unique designs that they had, I, Dan and I talked about all the time. Washington just being willing to play whatever game you wanted to play. If, if, if it came time to be physical with an organ... Uh, you know, to bully a game during the four-minute offense or throughout the course of a game, they were not afraid to do it. And Lord knows what they could do through the air with Penix and those freaky receivers that they had. Um, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be a challenge. It's I don't think you can make much of it right now, especially with with really Isaiah Bond and Amari Nablack being the pass catchers that are leaving the program, I don't think you can make too much of that right now. Um, I don't think you should make too much of that right now because, again, it's not like, you know, the moment that the trio in in Washington arrived, they were heralded high school recruits that we just knew would be Blitnikoff contenders and would be 1,000-yard receivers. Uh, In in Dunze's case, my gosh, a a 1,500-plus-yard receiver, a freak on the field, you know, that staff and the the team unit made those guys what they were, the individuals and the groups of offensive minds. Again, uh, you know, the offensive line giving Penix and those guys time to operate in all games, mostly except for the mission game, because um, they didn't have much time in that. You know, I wouldn't make too much of it. I, I'm sorry, you know. I think the impactful losses, and this is just kind of transitioning into where the sport lies with players being able to leave, you know, when a coach leaves the 30 day window of the portal opening back up, which is number one, a joke, because if you follow an account like NCAA transfer portal on social media, you know, the guys just entered the portal, whether they can leave at that time or not, they, they put their name out there or I'm going to leave, whatever it is. It's a massive societal problem. I would say it's even a world problem with, with, people in general not being willing to to tough out situations or wait around and see that hey maybe the grass is the greenest where i'm at now rather than oh my god the grass is so much greener over there uh i'm gonna get a short-term nil bag now if i leave i'm gonna get a lambo if i'm isaiah bond how crazy is that um but we, we we got a societal problem you know people are not willing to to sit it out to find out if they're in the right place, they just leave and assume they're in the wrong place. Or again, the immediate bag or immediate attention re-recruit. I don't know. It outweighs the you know the process of sticking around, finding out if you're in the right place or not. The portal's going to open right back up after spring. I think I think you're a ridiculous person if you're not willing to give a new staff you know through spring. I mean, you're going to lose almost nothing. Because if you leave after spring, you don't have class in the summer, or it's or it's obviously, you know, it's a lot different than a full semester. And you're going to be working out with your guys. You're going to have access to the playbook, the weight room, the full gauntlet of of services that these organizations offer. You're going to have access to it all, and then you're going to know, hey, I don't like the way DeBoer, or I don't like the way that Grub coaches this. I don't feel like I'm getting challenged. Whatever you know, you're going to have your reason. It's going to be more in stone than a guess or a momentary, you know, got to have it luring away of a prospect. And I think it's just, again, a massive cultural societal sport. It is a largely a sport problem. I mean, you know, I don't personally know, and I've been in my job for 10 years. I don't know of many people just hop, hop, hopping every year. Um, now I'm sure you, you know, there's people that do it, and actually, people do benefit from it. I'm not going to ignore that. People benefit from transferring. I'm not ignoring that. But, you know, I think we lose a lot when the instinct is to leave, to be wooed and recruited again, rather than kind of sticking it out, earning it. And I think the portal's a problem. You know, I think the schedule is insane with the portal opening up when it does. It's a, It's a, in theory, again, because I just highlighted that guys enter the portal every day. But think about this you know, you didn't make a bowl game. Your season ends, portal is open, right? You make a bowl game. And then I think the portal is open for an additional five days for you or from the day that your game ended, whatever. Or in Alabama's case, and look, it's hard to find the sympathy for you, Alabama. It is hard. You have ran the sport for 15 plus years, six national championships. I mean, look, again, go back to the Rose Bowl conversations that we had you're right behind Michigan all time in wins. You're right behind them. You're like 10, 15 games behind them, if that. That is you coming off of a terrible place, the early 2000s, pre-Saban, disastrous hires. You you know, you know, kind of showed Tennessee out of Tennessee a little bit. And then you flip that on its head. Saban wins, obviously, his first title in, thir- in the third year. Goes on to win five more after that within... 17 seasons, right? Or 17 years. It's hard to find the sympathy in that. I'm not saying the process, the the portal opening window is correct. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's hard to find the sympathy for you, even though I do have close friends that I feel for. Because you're watching your Isaiah Bonds, your, your Jaden Proctors. You know, you're watching those guys leave. You're watching them be re-recruited. You're watching Caleb Downs leave. You're seeing these things happen. You know, you're hearing a lot of stories about, well, heck, some of them didn't even want to leave, but, you know, mom or dad said that they need the money. You know what I mean? You're hearing those things. And I don't, again, I don't think it's right. I think we need probably one portal window. I think after spring is the perfect time because at that point, you're coming up on summer, like I highlighted. You don't have the, the tenuous nature of a full, you know, half year semester, if you will. And, and again, it's not like, you know, Cardell Jones said it best 10 years ago. It's not like they're going to play school. They're going to play ball. They're going to make oodles and oodles of money for the sport, the organization, the television stations, the networks, the conferences. They're going to do those things. They're not going to play school. And I love it that, that an education is still part of the deal, but it's obviously fallen into the third or fourth row not the back seat it's it's almost it's hanging on to the back of the bus is what it's doing you know what i mean but i think we need one portal window probably because again that allows if your coach retires and and let's not get let's not overlook the irony that alabama controversially squeaks into the playoff they come within a game of maybe national title number seven for saving at alabama and then he retires and chaos ensues and and again you know, you could have done much worse than Kalen DeBoer. I don't think, actually don't know, you know, how much better you could have done. Probably a little bit, maybe none. Um, I, I'm not going to believe that he was your first, like, you know, they find out inside that Samen's leaving. I'm just not going to believe that Kalen DeBoer was the first phone call. I'm just not. We'll never know, um, And and ADs will always say that's the case, but I'm not going to believe it. But again, whatever the scenario, okay, Your team goes 0-12, or your team backs into the playoff. Your coach leaves, whatever the scenario. Open up the portal one time, post-spring, even if if, if you fired and hired a new staff, you've actually got time with them to take a test ride. Because again, spring practice, it is not the end-all, be-all. It's very, very important for the team, for the player, for the winter workouts that happen before spring. All of those things matter. They absolutely matter. It is not the end of the world to to handle that semester at your current stop to, again, see if you like the staff. I mean, you, there's a there's a 50-50 chance that you're in a better spot than you were under the old staff, right? And then if you must leave, open up that portal for what, 15, 30 days, change, you know, if it falls into a current dead period, oh my God, NCAA, let's make some changes because, you know, really, the refusal to make changes are the reason we're in these positions, okay? Open up the portal at that time. Chaos ensues. The season is still months away. The high school recruiting class has taken care of itself, whether that's in December or whether you back that up to February, which I think would be a great thing to do right now. And then you, you, you're you, Look, even this even benefits the staff, right? You take spring, you identify holes in your roster. Oh my God, when this portal opens up, I've got to get some depth at guard or at outside line. You you name it. It's better for everyone. This feels easy in my mind. I'm sure there are holes in the strategy or in the time frame. You name it. I'm sure there's holes in it because I don't get paid to do this for a living. Not that anyone at the NCAA has been competent enough to do anything correctly. Open up the portal at that time. It takes care of all the issues, all these Alabama complaints. All the complaints that we're not hearing or not seeing from Arizona and Washington because their blood does not run blue, like Alabama, it takes care of all of it. And again, it's just hard for me to see the issue in that the solution feels like it outweighs the problem by, gosh, just a thousand miles right now. Because again, I'm getting exasperated with the complaints at Alabama because of how good you've been while understanding that this sucks. I mean, it does suck the system sucks, the, I would love to, and we don't go backwards on these things, but I would love to see one free transfer, maximum, maximum, I would love to see it if, you know, frankly, there were still some consequences for leaving, and I understand that there's mistreatment, that things go awry, but again, I think you grow much more with some endurance, with some, you know, perseverance, I think you grow, and I think it brings out either a coach's true colors or the best in you I think it brings all those things out and i'd love to see us take some steps back take some steps backwards in those regards um something else interesting to me is and you know we didn't think about this or we ignored it or we were like yeah okay right but there's really been some murmurs i mean heck there's been some outright discussion that alabama's nil is not all that um and that, that that really blows my mind. You know, I understand, I understand supporters, fans, boosters, everyone involved with a program like, like Texas, Nebraska, Tennessee, programs that have fallen off or have had some real down years, like Michigan uh, before uh, Harbaugh, really, you know, post-car before Harbaugh. Um, I understand NIL or, you know, the hunger to get back to, the prior success. And and again, to really uh, go beyond that, I understand the hunger to do that. Whereas it might be a little less at Alabama when you've again been living on cloud nine as a football program, you've been living in the playoff. You've got more hardware than, than anyone could ever imagine. All all those things, you know, I can, I can realize that the hunger at a program trying to build back might be more than it is at an Alabama that's been on top, but it does amaze me that with, with NIL, opening up, becoming legal, whatever, you know, being a thing that Alabama wouldn't be just right there in the trenches with that, with the support. Think about the the student enrollment, the population, the financial growth that Saban has brought to Tuscaloosa, what has happened at the University of Alabama, rather than just the football program for a minute. I'm surprised that that's a thing. And again, the only thing, the only detractor there is that they've been, you know, they're not hungry per se, uh, they just, you know, they're not as hungry as a program that's trying to build back. They're sh- still hungry, and he's been the best at, you know, c- continuing to win. Um, you know, they experienced the 2010 season where that was their last, uh, I think, three-loss season, right, after the national championship in 2009. And he's been the best at keeping motivation up, at making title runs year after year. You know, consistency, it's been unreal. And the only other program we're seeing that out of right now is Georgia. They just went back-to-back, obviously, prior to this season. They were a dang good team this year. I don't think complacency is what got them this year. I think it was just some injuries, uh, the 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 way that they've filled up the draft and are going to continue to do so, obviously. But, you know, it, it is surprising to me that Alabama wasn't like, okay, we've been the best, but we're also going to be the best at NIL. Um, and it looks like they've got some steps to take in that regard. We've heard, obviously – like I said, discussion about uh, you know needing to do that, needing to up the game in in nil, which I'm just gonna say it, it surprises me, but I guess you know some complacency in that regard would be the only thing that that has got them there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they address that, how the support really is for Deboer. I mean, seriously, I all those memes and all those jokes about when Kalen Deboer or Gerard Mayo with the Patriots when they lose the you know their first coin toss <laughs> to start a game fans are going to be out i believe that uh you know god you know god forbid they lose a game in september again or what have you i can i can see it fading quickly but again i think you did all right i think you could have done much worse and i do think there is some patience that's required i don't think you just if, if you want to start the process of firing coaches prematurely or you know making rash decisions be my guest because again, this has been a cyclical sport, so you're really due for some hard times. But I think you fired well enough, and if you'll be patient, and if you let the guy do his thing, let him, you know, figure it out. If he needs to, if he needs more Southern ties on his staff in 2025, or you know, if he's got to recruit differently, whatever, let him figure it out. I think that's your best bet. Um, and and I guess we'll just we'll see about the NIL. We'll see if there are any changes because. Again, the outcry to the portal, you know, all that because the outcry from media, from fans, has just been next level. And frankly, you never minded when you signed a top three class. Any of the past 15 years, uh, the portal opened up a few years ago, and you signed a Jameer Gibbs, a Henry Tooe, a Jamison Williams. I never saw you complaining then. Um, when yeah, when in a couple of cases you were taking the team's best player. Uh, but I didn't see you complaining then, so we'll see what changes come now that, that that has affected you and has arrived in your city. But I think that's enough off the cuff, just a 20-minute rant, 25-minute rant about Alabama and the portal. I think that'll do for off-season week one. We've got a long time until uh, the season arrives, even until Spring, we're, we're not a million miles away, but it's not just right upon us just yet. When we get more storylines, when we get more scoops about where teams sit, um, talked obviously about some of the cultural issues that are just prominent, evident, that you can see without even dig- digging deep. When you talk about the number of guys that enter the portal, how we still have guys flooding to the portal when so many other guys before them don't get picked up blows my mind. I just read about quavars Crouch. He was a massive signing at Tennessee at the time of his, commi- of his commitment that he signed. And I believe he's going to play in 2024, which puts him as like a fifth or a sixth year guy. Um, you know, when everybody, he himself had to absolutely view he, he, that he was a NFL player. He had to, at the time, I would say, I know we did he, he, could, he could do it all the time coming in, played some running back, played some linebacker, and I think he's going to play, again, what will be his fifth or sixth year in college, uh, I believe, at an HBCU, which there's nothing wrong with outright, but it is quite the tumble when you talk about you know starting out at Tennessee, being highly regarded, going to Michigan State, and then not even playing last year, I don't believe, uh, and then lining up at an HBCU. And your fifth or sixth year, when you could, you know, when you're viewed as someone that'd be in the NFL at that point, uh, when those things happen, it just makes me sad that these that these youngsters don't listen to any wisdom or that they don't have any wisdom in their life, uh, saying, "Hey, you know, the grass ain't always greener. You might not get picked up. It is what it is, but it it just doesn't happen." You know, um, other moves, obviously, uh, Washington. Replaces Kalen DeBoer with uh, Jed Fish, and then Arizona subsequently uh, replaces Jed Fish, who had just been bringing that program out of the grave. Uh, they replace him with Brent Brennan, the uh, f- of San Jose State. Previously, uh, Brennan and Fish neither actually have a uh, above five hundred record at this time. You know. Uh, which I think is fine because, again, you look at what Fish was doing at Arizona, I think his first college head coaching gig, right? And he, he brings them out of the grave. He he has them bought in. He has them betting on themselves, and he's doing it with guys that nobody wanted uh, at the time of their signing or their recruitment, what have you. Um, I have to wonder if, a, you know, Arizona quarterback, what is it, Noah F- I cannot pronounce his last name, Fafita. Um, I have to wonder if he'll follow his head coach to Washington because of Washington losing Phoenix. Washington also loses Will Rogers, which is crazy. Uh, my guy, you have got to have a good lead into the job. Portal has a problem. Exhibit 9 million B. <laughs> you know, they lose another prospect who I believe would be a redshirt freshman or a true sophomore this year. And he follows Deboer to Alabama. You know they lose three quarterbacks, two of which never played for them, right? Because Penix had that job on luck. So I have to wonder if a guy like Noah uh, follows Jed Fish to Washington, what they'll do at the quarterback position, how they'll transition to the Big Ten. Man, I would have had trouble if if Deboer stayed in, in 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 Washington. I would have had trouble trusting him going to the Big Ten. Um, you know, playing a different brand of football as a conference, entering a different brand of a conference than the Pac-12 and what they've been, even though it's better than than many years in the past, I'd be looking at it sideways if DeBoer was there. I'm really going to be looking at it sideways with the portal opening up, Washington losing. I think more, you know, obviously what they lose to the NFL ranks is going to hurt badly, but they're losing offensive line pieces. They're losing. I've seen a safety, a starting corner. They're losing so much. They lose their, their offensive masterminds in, in DeBoer and Grub. You know, so I'd be looking at him sideways if, if he was staying in Washington. But now it's Jed Fish. Not that I've got anything against Jed Fish, but again, he this man hasn't had anything but an uphill climb since becoming a college head coach, uh, and he's and again he's again he's done good work before, but I've got no expectations for Washington. I mean. Seven eight wins might be impressive for for what they're going to lose because again Alabama, so what they lose 20, 30 players to the, to the portal or the draft or both, you know they've got depth on depth they have a they have a an opinion of them you know as via prospects via high school coaches that is just different than Washington right now and I, I at least think that DeBoer is a good dude and he's going to be able to build relationships I think he's done that. So you've got just you know a theoretical advantage already from that standpoint. Even though you're in the SEC, you, you know, you're bringing back so many pieces still. You're starting quarterback, one advantage that Washington doesn't even have. And again, it's not like you're getting torched in the wide receiver room. Obviously, Isaiah Bond is important. Obviously, Amari Nablack is talented. But you're going to recruit that position well. You should because of what you've put in the, into the league. last few years how freaky you've been at that position just show them 2020 tape you know and and show them how you're going to get back to that to that point versus uh some of the drop-off we've seen at the position since then um but yeah i have to wonder about guys like arizona quarterback noah Fafita. uh you know what portal fallout will there be i think i saw a stat or or a tweet that there was like nine arizona players entering the portal within 30 minutes during one stretch i don't know if that number you know, grew or, or fell at any point, but this thing's out of control. It's going to fall down now all the way to San Jose state because of coaching vacancies. And it's going to, it's going to make fans have reactions like we're seeing out of Crimson Tide fans. Even though the portal's about to open right back up after spring, you're about to identify issues that you have. You're, you're, you're probably going to tamper because that's just what happens in the sport. Um, you know, you're going to be able to do those things. And again, it's not like the, the recruiting class is dead last or in the bottom half of the league even. It's, it's just not bad. It's not bad. So patience out of the gate. That's, that's what you have to preach. But it impacts, you know, Alabama still has it better than all those other three schools that I named. It, Alabama has it better than Michigan. If Harbaugh, who I'm going to get to in just a minute, he's my next uh, target in this conversation. But... Alabama's got it better than, obviously, San Jose State. Nobody ever needs to say that. Arizona, even though they've they dug their program out of the grave. Washington, even though they just are coming off of a national championship loss. And they're going to have it better than Michigan, who just won the national championship, should Harbaugh leave. Because if he leaves, we're going to do this ex- same exact thing, except a northern dialect in the complaints that you hear, in the whining that you hear. Oh, our coach left. Oh, the portal's open. Oh, my God, we're losing everything. It's going to open right back up. You're also a blue blood. And you're going to – unlike Alabama, you know, who had coordinators Tommy Reese and Kevin Still, and they didn't have a Sarkeesian or a Kirby Smart still on staff or even a Dan Lanning, Uh, you know, they didn't go the coordinator out. They didn't have that guy on staff to replace Nick Saban and may not have wanted to if they could have. But your head coach is your offensive coordinator. He is – one of the brain trusts of the offensive line, just units, absolute dominating units that you've had over the past several years. Your replacement is in house in Sharon Moore, and I don't know what he, you know, will do, would do. I feel like Harbaugh is going to leave, um, but I don't know what the future is like for Moore as a head coach because I mean, to me, it's clear that he's going to be one. Whether it's at Michigan, or or he gets poached elsewhere, I think it would have to be an outstanding outstanding offer for him to leave and go somewhere uh, but look he, he he coached six games I believe this year they might have they might have divvied around and and you know spread out the duties there when Harbaugh was initially suspended in the year partially because of how unfortunate the scheduling was for Michigan uh, partly because they're just kind of a unique program that that do things a little weird led by king of weird Harbaugh himself but again your your replacement is there if he leaves Again, I think Harbaugh's gonna leave at this moment. He's he's doing this interview thing every year. You know, he loses at least his starting quarterback, his starting running back. So many veteran players as well, such that the grass might be greener for him to make an NFL move rather than, you know, fight it out in a new look Big Ten. It might be better for him to leave now. Uh it might be better for him to leave now with continued drama of the scouting crap uh you know it's it, to me never been the most serious thing because i think rubbing is racing i think cheating is the only constant in the sport i just do you know we we had alabama players talking about the way that they watch film now because they're afraid of their tech their tactics and and their scouting being leaked or being compromised there's talk about ohio state doing the same stuff that michigan was doing or, or at least very similar if not as egregious okay but I think Ruben is racing. I think there's a reason that Alabama players had Chargers and Dodges and Hellcats before NIL was a thing, or at least they had pictures with them. They may not have owned the cars, but they had pictures with them. But again, you know, I think you've got your replacement in House. You just at that point would need uh, a solid replacement for for his position, which I think could also be done in House because of the continuity that's been uh, that's been there for Michigan over the last. Three very solid years um, and really improving as they went. You know, Three years now that they've beat Ohio State in a row and they've just kind of climbed and climbed each year with with really the lone exception being TCU. That's really the, the only exception because I think you can look back to two um, playoff seasons ago and understand that loss to Georgia with, with what Georgia was in 2021. Uh, eventual national champions, obviously a legendary defense you know with with absolutely an offense that you couldn't sleep on but um you know i think i think michigan has only climbed throughout this process and i think that you know i think harbaugh's right when he says who has it better than us because my man coached nine out of 15 games and could walk into an nfl job you know i I think this the also the blueprint is there for success at michigan post harbaugh um Noticed an interesting thing about Harbaugh for, you know, those of us in orange, uh, those of us that uh, are, are down in this neck of the woods that are Tennessee fans. Harbaugh has a kind of crazy similar trajectory history to this point as none other than Phillip Former. Obviously both with one national championship at current moment, you know, Harbaugh could stay in Michigan. That could also happen. Uh, he could compete for additional championships, absolutely. But his listen to this his his record as a college coach, which I had just a moment ago, and I'm getting back to, is 144 and 52 in college. Now, obviously, Harbaugh has a bloodline of coaching. Uh, in his case, finishing third in the Heisman race in I believe his, his redshirt senior year at Michigan, playing in the NFL, where Philip former doesn't have that. But Philip former uh, one toddle. Through his, you know, decade and a half plus at Tennessee, the same number of losses—52 losses for each—and and Fulmer, as as of this moment, has eight more wins than Harbaugh. I don't think Harbaugh is going to struggle to find eight wins next year, and and eventually surpass obviously that number. But it's kind of a crazy trajectory, you know. Both former players, Harbaugh at a higher level. Uh, again, Harbaugh having the family bloodline, Jack, uh, you know, Jim. And, and obviously, his brother, who I can't think of right now in the NFL, uh, Ravens head coach. My gosh, you know, this is, this is aging, friends. But what an interesting trajectory. What an interesting note that I found, that I, to me, at least there. Um, but I just can't wait to see, you know, what's going to be the move, um, what's going to happen there in, uh, in Ann Arbor, what the roster looks like come uh, next season. You know, all those things. Can't wait to see it. Before we get on down the line in episode 131 of Pandemonium Reigns, I want to tell you about our friends North for South Training and Fitness, uh, located at 4015 Browns Bridge Road. And if you're in the coming area, looking to change your life physically or looking for a new gym, NFTF is the place for you. Owner, head coach, Jesse Foster has all the credentials, all the experience to help you reach your goals. Uh, and it's a community-driven gym. You're going to reach those goals. You're going to improve your situation uh, with a group of people that you'll call your community and your friends. Morning classes run 9, uh, 5.30, 7.30, 9, and afternoon classes 3.30, 4.30, 5.30, and 6.30. There is surely a class that will fit your schedule. So give North Forsyth Training and Fitness a call. Contact Jesse Foster at 706-633-6609, and you know tell him your boys at pandemonium reigns sent you we're gonna land the plane on episode 131 we're gonna do so talking just a little orange uh (laughs) you know alabama and all the, the the craziest coaching carousel in years you know has taken all all of the college football eyes ears every sense of college football has been just locked in on tuscaloosa alabama uh which you know We've had a few years now of not really, you know, dumb hires, terrible, truly terrible, consistent losses. All those things that were synonymous with Tennessee for so many years. We've had a few years now where it's not been player X gets arrested with, you know, some of the craziest charges that you ever heard or what have you. It's been, it's been mild. I'm going to knock on wood as soon as I stop recording, not trying to jinx, not trying to test any battered ball syndrome out there, not trying to do any of that. But really just touching base, you know, want to know where our Tennessee fans are at right now, I would say you're like me and you're ready for Lance Heard from LSU to maybe make a public commitment or maybe just show up in spring on the team, you know, zero public comments. We've heard people say like Austin Price and, uh, you know, depending on who you listen to, where you you get your news, uh, that he's just, he's not a very talkative kid, I guess, uh, which I love if if he's someone that lets his game do the talking, if he's someone that just shows up, you know, and with his cousin or brother, whatever Jeremiah's heard is in relation to him and says, I'm gonna play with, with my family. This is gonna be my new home and I'm gonna let the talk come on the field. Would love that. Would also not really hate, again, a public commitment. Let's, you know, let show me some assurance that that we're adding the depth that we need. Um, I do think Tennessee's made contact as well with one of the guards from the the Washington offensive line and I think that would just I mean I think tackle guard what maybe well I don't know I don't know if you can do any additional defensive backs with the three that you've brought in from what Tulane uh, not Tulane Temple uh, MTSU and Oregon State I don't know that you're doing another defensive back I don't think you're doing another receiver unless you just have your eyes locked on someone I think it's all offensive line I mean, I know they would love to add a quarterback, but I just don't see anyone that would, would come in when you've got Nico, who looks great. You've got Gaston Moore, who's been the backup for half a decade, seemingly. You know, you've got all, you've got young Jake Berklinger, who is going to look to compute, com- compete in the future, if I could talk this morning. You know, I just don't think a quarterback's very doable, but I'm sure you can find uh, a preferred walk-on or some type of depth somewhere if you really, really look. So I don't think it's receiver. I don't, I don't. I don't see a need for. I don't see a running back fitting very well either with all the bodies. Uh, and then you know just some of the competition that's taking place there over the course of the season. That's going to definitely take place there in the spring. Maybe a linebacker. You know I don't know. Obviously there's there's also talk about a what Stanford defensive tackle uh, that that is visiting as well. So I think you know a defensive tackle great. Uh, Washington offensive guard, sign me up. I don't even need to know his name. I don't need to know anything else. I need a guard. I need a tackle minimum. I need more, you know, preferably, but minimum. I need those things. And frankly, just let the 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 portal, uh, you know, handle itself from here on out. Spots are still going to be slim because while the win losses have made us forget Pruitt, and again, typical Tennessee over fifteen years. There's still some restrictions. There's still some, there's gonna be some difficulties in having full numbers. 85-man numbers is what I'm saying, obviously. And and it's still gonna be spread out over at least the next two seasons, if not, you know, beyond that. I can't remember because I don't want to think about those things on the regular as a Tennessee fan. I want to move past them. And again, the win-loss record on the field, even in a disappointing eight and four year, which has some certain disappointment but it's still better than the on average than what we've had, not the goal ever. The goal is always going to be Atlanta and beyond. It is, it, it should be, you know, Bush is the only one that refused to acknowledge that. I think, I don't remember, you know, Duly might as well not have even bothered talking about it. And ultimately, uh, even though Lyle had the personnel, he shouldn't have either. So that should always be the goal. It should never be a, a bowl game. You know, uh, I saw a bold prediction. I don't remember from who, but from the music city, Versus, I think maybe Washington in it for the 2024 season, and what a disappointment that would be. That would probably be, you know, that a Music City Bowl appearance next season would probably be like hot seat territory for Hopple in uh, the 2025 season to follow, especially, especially with a guy like Nico at quarterback. You know, that would that would have to tell me that that he got hurt, or you just didn't have an offensive line, or something went horribly wrong, based on what we've seen from this staff with Minor minimal exceptions over three full seasons at this point you know doing more than i think anybody expected at this point it would have to tell me something went horribly wrong um in addition to those portal guys that i mentioned obviously the we we look we know how this staff is operated right when it comes to recruiting the the high school ranks they they look to do it early they are, they've not been battling down the stretch with, again, very few exceptions. You know, your Jordan Setons and guys like that. They've not been battling down the stretch with those guys late in the early signing day process or certainly really not the February waste-of-a-time signing day process. You know, the, the work has been done over the summer. The class has been really, really built over summers with Hoplin, those guys. And I think that's something that might need to be certainly looked at, if not tweaked outright uh, as the tenure progresses for these guys and, and as they really continue to to live life and experience life in the SEC, I think you've got to be in those late battles and you've got to be battling for the very, very top prospects throughout, not just, you know, hey, our season started, we'll get back to this in the off season. I'm not saying that's the process. I'm just saying they do the heavy lifting in the non-football on-the-field wins and loss months. They Obviously, we have visitors, obviously, Contact has to be had just for these guys to even be mentioning Tennessee close to signing day when they're not committed. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm just saying we gotta look at tweaks. We've got to do a few things better to reach further goals. You know, I don't think anyone is interested in being complacent. I don't think Hoppel is interested in being complacent. National championship player, Heisman finalist player, not a shabby coach at all. I mean, not a bad coach at all to this point of his career, whether that's coordinating or or head coaching to this point. Um, I don't think he's interested in complacency, but shifting to the high school ranks, you know, I think one of the most important things that can happen is getting George McIntyre to go verbal as soon as possible. Again, depending on who you listen to, if you listen to Austin Price here or there, uh, you know, I heard him say that literally this winter storm weather crap that can simply put go back to Antarctica at this point, ready for it to move on, uh, has prevented George from making an announcement at his school. And I get that. I get the, you know, the putting on of the hat. The you're you're with your friends, your your peers, in your student body. You're in the gymnasium. You're in the cafeteria, and you're putting on the hat. I get it. I would probably want to do the same thing. I've never been close to that position. I can't even imagine what I'd want to do. Uh, but that's something that needs to happen very soon. It, it seems like one of the worst kept secrets at this point that George McIntyre will be of all. And I think that's because of lsu it it, what it was down to lsu and alabama and tennessee right lsu gets bryce underwood um to commit to their program so that leaves you really you know i wouldn't envision him going to compete with bryce underwood could happen obviously but i envision him you know seeing himself as the guy after a nico or after maybe julian saying at alabama or whoever alabama has at a given time that's what i envision for a guy like mcintyre and what you know quarterbacks tend to do these days because that position maintains, maintains less depth than any other. But um, I think he's important. You obviously, you, you know, Tennessee's not going to reach program goals only under Nico el You've got to capitalize like we've been saying for a long time now with the two to three, four years that you get out of Nico, four years at this point feels like a stretch and a surprise. You've got to get your next one in the boat. I'm not discounting George Merklinger. I think that Hoppel can work with most any quarterback. He just got the best ball you know, on a full season basis that Joe Milton's ever played. Hannon Hooker reached heights that he didn't come close to really at Virginia Tech, whether it was a combination of the personnel or the poor coaching at Virginia Tech at times. You know, I think that Hoppel can work with a guy like Merklinger, obviously. I think he can do amazing things with someone like that. But you've got to get a, a prospect like McIntyre in the boat because of the importance of his name with other players in Tennessee with receivers and offensive linemen around the country that are going to want to block and catch footballs from this guy. And you, frankly, you, you've just got to, you've got to get the momentum rolling, obviously, uh, because the 2025 class is now the next one. And that, that devastates my brain. You know, my little 31 year old brain feels a lot more like 81 when I think about the year 2025. And, uh, you know, how long I will have been out of high school and things like that at that time, but you got to get him in the boat. You know, if you got to go, if you got to go clear the roads over his neck of the woods and get his butt to school, get get the children in the cafeteria, in the gymnasium, that's what you got to do. Okay. You got to get him in the boat. It feels like a terrible kept secret at this point. I've never heard so many of the people that I listen to that I listen to talk about a kid who's not committed like he's committed more than I have with McIntyre. It's just weird, but I love it. I'm here for it. I want four and five-star quarterbacks all the time. Sign me up any given day. Um, Tennessee didn't get, you know, the huge, huge boost, certainly in Nico's class. You know, maybe it helped with a guy like Mike Matthews or Bray Staley. Maybe it helped with Nathan Leacock. Highly thought of receivers, but you've got to have guys like that that Again, offensive linemen are going to want to block for that receiver Are going to want to catch the ball from, that defenders are going to want to go say, hey, I'm going to go get the ball back for that guy when he's throwing touchdowns and, and running them, as Nico has done a little more of early in his career, obviously. Um, it's just important. You've got to have it. Cornerstones, really, of the class, and, and certainly when they rank as well as Nico did, as was it looks like George McIntyre could rank when it's all said and done. Uh, not that the rankings gonna matter when their careers on the field start, but it matters now. They have pull with their peers in the class, and you just gotta have it. You just have to have it. Much like we need you to have this episode of Pandemonium Reigns. Much like we need you to like, follow, share, uh, subscribe to us on the YouTubes and everywhere you get your podcast, if you've not done it, Tell a friend, Tell a family member uh, and let us know what you think. Let us know what we need to be talking about as this offseason progresses. It's going to be a lot of fun, especially with the early drama in Tuscaloosa and across the coaching carousel with all the fallout, uh, with the transfer portal and the garbage dump that it can be. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk about it as it goes. We're going to not wish our lives away, but we probably are going to end up doing that because we're ready for August 31st. We're ready for tennessee and chattanooga to face off on the field and again the only way that we're going to get there is if we to talk our ways through it ourselves through it we appreciate you we love you thank you for checking out the Pandy Monning range podcast god bless gbo